0: Welcome, Nintendo Podcast listeners, to another exciting week of the show. We had some big stuff going on last week, and today you have tuned in for uh, something great, because Aaronis is coming back onto our show. It's been a little while, man, but welcome once Yay. again to the podcast. How you been doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I've been playing a lot the past couple of weeks. <laughs> nice. So I tell you what, then before we get uh, before we get too much further, what are your thoughts on uh, on Nightwave? That's been a big thing since the last time we talked.
1: <laughs> so Nightwave uh,
0: immediately.
1: I actually think I just got a, a message back on Twitter earlier. Um, I actually messaged the voice actress for Nora. Congratulating her on the role and talking to her about everything that I'm nice. like loving about how well she did with the performance. And I don't know, some people have been talking like lately saying they're like, okay, I hear Nora talking constantly, like anytime that I shake <laughs> hands with another 10 hours, something. But sure. honestly, I think Nightwave was, it, Nightwave is easily one of the best things that's happened to Warframe in a long time yeah the, this is such a better way of handling the alert system, and I mean it's making it so that people don't have to wake up at four in the morning to go get a bobbin system like it's sure great. sure um and it, it's it's definitely nice, like adding in, you know, new little challenges for people to do. And it's giving people more excuses to try new things. And I don't know, it's, it's just really good.
0: (laughs) Actually, you hit the, my two favorite things about it. Uh, one has definitely been trying new things because I've been like a comfort zone player for warframe. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've been, I even mentioned in, in the episode from last week that up to this point, I've pretty much been building my guns for just whatever does the most kind of well-rounded jack of all trades damage. And so I hadn't explored too much into like, uh, elemental stuff and things like that. Um, but then the other thing I love, like I'm, I'm doing the Santa of right now uh-huh. and I needed nightane and there's, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, here's a dependable way I can get some nightane. All I need to do is just level it up a night wave enough that I can get that, uh, the wolf creds. And so I love that. It's not, you know, waiting for the alerts to pop up and things like that.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's definitely been a really, really nice system to add to the game as of recent, and honestly, it's, it's just been fun. I can understand some of the frustrations that people have been having, and I think this is something that you can relate to as a Nintendo Switch player, probably, is when they hit that weekly, uh, I think it was last week, um, where one of the weeklies was to do the profit-taker heist with a
0: friend. <laughs> right. Uh,
1: the profit-taker heist, which, by the way, correct me if I'm wrong on this, isn't even technically available to anybody on Switch yet because you yeah, have to I reach all the so. with Fortuna first. Yep. Which takes a significant amount of time so I can understand why a lot of the uh, specifically Nintendo Switch players would feel kind of gypped by that and sorry to hear that for all you who couldn't get all your night waves done this week but um <laughs> it's it's a tricky one to do regardless it's definitely that's one of those elite weeklies where I'm thinking to myself yeah this is going to be something that people are going to get mad about because this is not just something that's inaccessible to the Switch players but to a lot of the console players who who haven't had fortuna for nearly as long aren't necessarily going to be completely geared out for it yet it's it's sure takers tough
0: yeah um, i still haven't uh, messed around with with much in fortuna at all uh, so mm, i keep seeing the new updates coming but <laughs> it's just it's beyond yeah. me at this point
1: yeah i think you guys actually just got the other day didn't you guys get uh, the new update that added in hildren and the new melee system yep we did perfect 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 um, yeah no it's Fortune has been a really really good time lately and I think people are enjoying it a lot more than the Plains of Eidolon. which actually I was wondering if we were gonna have time to talk about it in a little bit but um, I don't know how much we've really been touching on it because uh, I will shamefully and admittedly say that I've missed the past few episodes um, <laughs> no big deal <laughs> so um, have you been talking do you talk too much about the uh, the dev streams and what they're talking about it's gonna be getting added into the game
0: Honestly, no. And we need to because I've been kind of crazy busy. And so I haven't watched mm. dev streams very much. I, I got your fix then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the stuff in a little bit if we've got time for it. But um, Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, I think kind of our main topic today uh, We were going to talk a little bit about mods because mods are such a critical thing mm-hmm. uh, to warframe and to uh, Just the player experience and if you're not at least somewhat familiar with the crucial mods uh, And not at least somewhat familiar with how to get the mods you want then you're really going to struggle to hit new power points uh, p- power points power levels power points not uh, <laughs> not to be confused with Microsoft software's and mm-hmm. um, but before we get to that, though, you mentioned to me uh, the TennoCon bundle. Is that right? Do you want to talk about that for a little bit before we move on to our main topic?
1: Yeah, man. So TennoCon, for those of you who are not aware, um, is actually Warframe has its own convention. It's wild. It's held up at DE's headquarters or it's held at one of the convention centers near DE's headquarters up in uh, London, Ontario, Canada. Um it's a fantastic little event. I personally haven't gone yet. The plan is actually for me and a bunch of my uh, clan members. We're actually going to be meeting up at TennoCon 2020. Um, nice. Really excited about that. But um, yeah, TennoCon is this massive, amazing con that all the big Warframe content creators, give or take a couple of them who can't really make it over here because of you know cross country reasons. Sure. Uh, A lot of people gather over there, a lot of big fans of the game and everything like that. And uh, there's always the big events that they always have. There's a big cosplay contest where there's cash prizes for it. And we've seen some really impressive stuff come out of that. Um, A lot of the proceeds from what I come to understand. uh, Yeah. A portion of the proceeds for ticket sales go to the CMHA Middlesex, which is a nonprofit community agency devoted to promoting mental wellness and empowering people in recovery. Nice. Um, So it's, it goes to a good cause as well. And the biggest thing that I think that I can say about TennoCon consistently is that it is not expensive, which is really weird hey. to say about a specific con <laughs> like this.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Tickets to go to TennoCon just for the standard full day of the whole thing. 30 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not bad yeah. at all. Um, they sell various, uh, sizes of the tickets as well. So you've got your standard regular tickets, uh, gets you full day access to Tenocon. gets you a little swag bag with some fun stuff in it, and it gets you the digital pack, which I'll talk about in a sec. Sweet.
0: Um,
1: the collector's edition one is $75 and I think that actually, these is, this is Canadian dollars that they calculate these ones out in. So transfer rates are actually a little bit easier for us here in the States, um, that one gets you your typical full day access, the swag bag, the digital pack. It gives you another thousand platinum. And then you also get Ooh. a special collector's t-shirt for TenoCon 2019 this year. Uh, the VIP pack has everything that we've put there. You get your own choice of one of the collector statues aside from the UMBER one. So you get to pick <sighs> Valkyrie, Nyx, Rhino or Mag. Man. You get early access to the con. So I believe you actually get to meet up with some of the devs and everyone the day before and get to experience it a little and then you oh, get to wow. take part in a VIP brunch at Digital Extremes with the devs. <laughs> that is nuts. And then they have one higher. <laughs> Man, that they is crazy. They have the legendary VIP pack plus, which is 1000 Canadian dollars. <laughs> this one is everything that we've just said. You get four different designs of the TennoCon t-shirts. You get to voice an NPC in the relay what
0: <laughs> you get your own
1: custom personal glyph that you and you alone will have oh my gosh and then you get to ask questions in a 15 minute personal chat on the dev stream with the devs oh man that's crazy yeah it's nuts and those that tickets is crazy. sold out fast <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure um, but yeah no it, it's always a really really good time i've seen some of the videos of uh what's going on over there and you know honestly the warframe community is amazing everyone gets oh, super yeah. involved with it there's a ton of cosplays which cosplays for warframe is tough <laughs> oh yeah for sure um you get to take pictures with all sorts of stuff they had uh i believe last year at Tenocon, they had an arcade cabinet that had frame fighter in it so people were able to play that <laughs> for a bit we had all kinds of good stuff going on with Man, it yeah. that's
0: really cool um, i'm gonna have to keep that on my radar yeah,
1: no, I'm definitely going next year because it, it seems like it's going to be a really, really good time. And honestly, I with all the stuff that's been getting talked about on the dev streams and all the stuff that's been getting announced and with how TennoCon went last year with its big announcements, I think TennoCon 2020 is going to be, I don't know. I've got my eyes on some speculations and I'm really, really excited to see what comes of it next year because there's one thing in particular that's just I'm waiting to hear about it and I think it's going to be next year.
0: Uh, what is that?
1: Uh, I think it's. I think next year's big announcement is going to be the cross-platform. I really do. Oh, nice. That would be amazing. We're coming up on it, and Digital Extremes went from taking this stance of saying, you know, we're not going to do it. It's, it's going to be too much. I don't think we're really going to be able to manage it, to it's something we want to do. We yeah. don't know how we're going to do it, but we want to. And the Nightwave update was the first time in Warframe history that an update launched on the same day for every console. Yep. So... That speaks volumes for what's going on, and they're kind of starting to kind of get it a little bit here. There's there's certain stuff, and certain teams have to pick up extra slack in certain places to get those updates to launch all at the same time. Especially when you've got yeah. things like you know the the new heist or not the new heist the uh, the new boss fight getting added in, and all this new stuff with Hildryn and everything. Yep. That update was a little bit harder to push out. Nightwave was just changing the alert system, but it was the first time that they've done it you know together on every platform. So, and as time goes on people keep saying you know wouldn't it just be great if i was a pc warframe player and i was saying for example well i've got to go somewhere but i don't want to bring my pc with me i just pick up my switch bring it with me when i get reconnected to the internet i yeah. could just pick up where <laughs> i left
0: off no kidding
1: and yeah that idea blows my mind i would love for warframe to progress this way and honestly it would be one of the first times i think that i've seen a game handle cross-platform quite this way, because we've seen games like Fortnite and all these other ones do the cross-platform pretty well, but you know, Warframe is an MMO. This is a big game and a big experience, and to be able to take this with you anywhere, or even to be able to say, oh, I want to show you this, and log in on someone else's PS4 to kind of show them what you're doing on your PC version of it, you know, it, it's it's a really, really cool idea, I think, that I'd like to see come kind of to fruition. I don't know if we will ever see it, but quite frankly, I think Digital Extremes, is they're amazing devs, and they want to achieve this. I think they're going to do it, and I think the announcement's going to come next year.
0: That would be so exciting. Well, yeah. and, and, you know, I don't know... Uh in the past, I don't know if digital extremes has ever kind of partnered with studios in the same way that they're doing now, but uh, panic button has done such a brilliant job of their work on, on switch on, oh, or on yeah. uh, Warframe on switch rather. Oh, so yeah. you have to imagine that having a team like that, uh, helping them out would make, make it easier than it would have been in the past. Um, so I don't know. I, I would love that. I'd be so excited and especially just having the opportunity, like you said, with, with something like Fortnite as, as a former Fortnite player, I guess. Um, I, loved being able to pick it up on my phone and, and do, uh, dailies and things like that, but you're just, you're just getting cosmetics and, you know, you could be making meaningful progression in Warframe, um, on, on switch, but then be able to get actual 60 FPS on your PS4 or your PC when you get home. And that's, man, that's exciting.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it, it's, it's funny that you actually say that too. You were saying, it, I don't know if DE has partnered with other companies in the past. DE used to be the company that companies would partner with that was the thing Mm. digital extremes past has been wild and warframe was their saving grace back in the day it was incredible to hear the story there's actually a really really good documentary on youtube um put out by noclip uh they're they do a bunch of interviews and documentaries and such and uh they did a two-part documentary on warframe and its entire history leading all the way back to the founder of the company's place back when he was first getting involved in video games all the way forward to modern day where Warframe blew up enormously and the company ended up getting uh, funded by Perfect World uh, in order to kind of get a little bit more going on with them. And in that sense, Warframe went from being this dream that digital extremes had from the early 2000s to becoming not just a reality, but a smash hit in, in, uh, in the late 2010s. And I just think it's incredible to see how much the games come by. I love this game so much. (laughs) I am so proud of Digital Extremes for pulling through the way they did. For sure. For sure.
0: Um, Um, well, I tell you what, then, uh, let's go on ahead and touch on, um, On mods. Let's talk a little bit about Kind of that mod experience And the way uh, to kind of Give you guys some context as to why I wanted to talk about this today uh, I was playing on a stream on our YouTube channel and uh, I believe Actually uh, one of our vets C13 uh, was the one who got on my stream And commented dude, you're using a broken serration mod. Why are you using oh, that? <laughs> no. I was. I And I mean, I had it I had it maxed, but as you know, that means basically nothing. Yes, it's such a crap mod. It doesn't mod. go very far. No, and I'm like, gosh, I was like uh, <laughs> 90 hours or so into the game at that point, at least. And so anyway, so that's why I wanted to talk about this a little bit and to, to talk uh, to some of our players that are either new or kind of in that, that moderate uh, range who know they need better mods, uh, but don't know how to get them or and to also talk to some people maybe who uh, might be missing some mods and not really realizing how uh, you know what they're missing out on um so if we were to start Aronis, uh what are some mods that you would say are absolutely critical for every player to get their hands on
1: so i'm definitely gonna say the best thing for you to get your hands on almost every single time is you want to get your standard warframe mods out of the way first because your warframe is you it's the biggest thing about your entire loadout -hmm. Vitality is a really popular pick. Vitality is massive for a lot of people because I used to be part of the 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 club that used to say, you know, having more shields is always better. And then I realized (laughs) just how wrong I was. Sure, man, having more health really helps a lot because the difference is is that yeah, your shields come back, but your shields also take damage a lot more. And if you have tons of shields and no health, as I've seen from (laughs) learning to play Hildren, um, (laughs) getting hit by the smallest thing like a slash proc. You start bleeding through your shields. You get hit with toxic damage. You're taking damage through your shields and you die so quickly. Yep. Get that vitality mod upgraded as high as you can. It gets really expensive later. It is completely
0: worth it. Um, and, <laughs> and it gives you more flexibility with frames like uh, Oberon or Trinity or Inaros or things like that. Yeah, so absolutely. definitely, definitely. No,
1: and it's it's massive, especially for Nidus and Inaros, considering that they are all health. You want to make sure your vitality is as high as you can get it. Yep. Um, that being said, if any of you faithful listeners out here have gotten your hands on Hildren yet, (laughs) um, max out a redirection immediately. Um, Because Hildren's whole shtick is that she is a Warframe that not only has abysmal health and fantastic shields, she doesn't have energy at all. She uses her shields as her energy.
0: Oh, cool. So, (laughs)
1: having that maxed out redirection right off the bat, so important, to the point where, actually, I've got the game pulled up here. My Hildren right now, with my maxed out redirection and with a... Uh, with a Vigor on, I'm currently sitting at just short of 5,000 shields on her. Wow. That
0: is
1: (laughs) not only significant for tanking purposes, but also with a bunch of Hildren's other stuff she's got going on with her, uh, making sure that you have overshields, which you can get overshields with a lot of her abilities. You don't take damage from bleed or toxin procs when you get hit with them if you have overshields. So having that shield upkeep is incredibly important because she's squishy she's got 300 health at rank 30 yes yeah. she's, she's not tanky with her health so <laughs> you know it, it gets to be an important thing for you to really take a look at what your Warframe's strengths are hildryn is definitely the first of her kind that really uses redirection this well but there are a lot of warframes that have pretty high shield caps that you want to keep an eye on but sure. uh, just as a general rule if it's got high armor it probably has high health and you probably want to keep that health as high as you can nice um As well as that, also, I can always, always, always recommend, um, just because I'm just awful, and I just really, really (laughs) like having these mods. Um, If you ever get your hands on something like one of the... uh, one of the agility mods. So you have like toxic flight and lightning dash, the mods that are like that. These are rare mods that mm-hmm. drop from certain enemies. Um, they're a little tricky to find, but I think they're a blast to have because not only does it increase the power of your bullet jumping, your aim gliding, your wall latching and everything like that. It also makes it so that whenever you do a bullet jump, you essentially cause a proc to happen wherever you. So if you have Toxic Flight and you run into a group of enemies and you say, I shouldn't be here, I need to leave now, bullet jump out of that crowd, everyone that was in that crowd is now poisoned. Wow, that's cool. And that is so just nice and helpful, especially when you've got warframes like Saren who benefit from people taking damage like that. You get assist on one of those enemies and you bullet jump into the crowd, you know, you're going to start spreading them all over the place. So it's, it's really nice to get that kind of stuff going on with them. Definitely. Um, Get your serration up high, you know, get all your primary damage mods up as high as you can. I guiltily can say that I still haven't maxed out my serration mod after having played the game for five, six years now. (laughs) Um, Just because I feel like I can't work it into a lot of my loads without me having to put, you know, six forma into everything. And, you know, it it comes down to the point of, you know, work with what you're going to have capacity for and work for what you want to
0: build. So let
1: me really good. Yeah.
0: Let me ask this then. uh, Hmm. Do you think it would be wise, one thing that I've done, uh, actually on serration in particular, is when I found out I needed it, I got two, and uh, I I did max out my serration mod, uh, but then I also kept one that I'm only at like, maybe like half right Yep. No, um i, I do you think actually a wise yes do? so
1: i've absolutely done something very similar to it as of right now i actually have a serration that takes up 10 capacity and i have one that takes up 12 nice. um, that 12 one is eventually going to get maxed out when i finally decide to grind out enough money for it to really bother <laughs> with it because i have been blowing through money in the recent updates but um yes. <laughs> yeah Uh, it's very, very helpful to have, you know, when you start having the disposable income for it, starting to level up mods at different levels like that is going to be really helpful for, especially when you're starting to build up warframes and weapons and such early on when it comes down to, well, this thing doesn't have a catalyst in it yet and it doesn't have a lot of capacity because I'm like mastery rank 10,
0: right (laughs) now that I'm mastery
1: rank 10, I can fit my rank 10 serration onto this, which means I'm immediately going to be able to start doing damage with it. So Sure. And that means that you can start taking that to higher level content right out the get-go, which means that yep. you level the weapon faster. So, you know, it, it's it's kind of streamlining the process like that that really helps a lot. And I mean, later on, you'll come across our, our good buddy Barrow Kattier brings us some fun mods every once in a while, and you'll see that primed serration, and you'll go, ooh. I could use that, and you'd see how much actual credits it costs to max out a Prime Serration, and you cry a little bit. Yeah, Um, (laughs) for sure. But, um, you know, definitely keep your eye out for Prime mods. Uh, If it's one that you find yourself you're using a lot, and you think that you could really use Prime Serration, Primed Flow, anything like that, it's definitely worth it to pick up those mods if you know that you're going to need them. Um, Nice. And let's see, what else did we have here that was really useful for mods? Um, particularly, this is one that I think everyone should have. Excuse me. This is one everyone should have. Not necessarily max it out, not necessarily put it on every weapon, but you should have it. And I need to look up where this mod actually comes from because it's escaping me right now. <laughs> um, <but> the <laughs> mod is called Blood Rush. Okay. Okay. Um, Bloodrush is an untransmutable mod, so you can't use the transmutation thing in your mods to get it. It's an uncommon, which is lucky, but the problem is, is that Bloodrush drops from our good buddies, uh, the Acolytes, which unfortunately... Oh, lovely. They're gone for a while. Um, yep. Next time they come around, hunt this mod down. You might actually be able to buy this mod on the market for platinum, considering the fact that uh, Misery and Torment, specifically Torment especially, has a 22.22% drop rate for this mod. Um... Oh, you can also get it from spy missions. I didn't know oh, that.
0: Awesome! awesome. You, can from,
1: you can get it from a spy mission on on uh, on Lua when you get that unlocked. Um, nice. So basically, Blood Rush is a mod that increases your critical chance based on your combo multiplier. Okay. At max rank, it brings you up to one hundred and sixty five percent extra crit chance um, onto your weapon, based on how far you bring your uh, weapons. Let's see. Um, Without a combo counter, Blood Rush provides no bonus to crit chance, but at 1.5 times combo, it provides 1 plus 1.65 times the 1.5, meaning wow. that you can bring yourself, basically, at the at some of the best that you can do with your crit chance, you can get yourself up to a 430% crit chance with Blood Rush, oh, which wait. essentially means that you are going to be killing anything you touch with your weapon if it's built for crits. Nice. Nice. Um, Pairs really well with mods like Body Count, which is another one of those uh, mods that it comes in handy, and again, comes from... That one is another one that drops from the Acolytes. That one you can't get from Spy Missions, but um, that's a common one that drops from them. Angst has a 50% drop rate on it, and that one just increases your combo counter. Um, There are other mods that you can get aside from them uh, that increase your combo counter, but basically, you want to pair Blood Rush with mods that increase your combo counter time so that your combo doesn't deteriorate as quickly. And you can keep maintain that combo longer and longer and longer. And if you're just using melee weapons, then it starts getting crazy when after a while, you know, you're you're building up that 430% crit chance.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> but when you're
1: but when you're working with crit weapons, that mod is it's considered to be one of those generally uh how can I put this? It, it's it's generally considered to be one of the better things for you to have if you're gonna build for a crit weapon. Um nice. I actually was just reminded of something too, is that there is a mod set which i don't know if we've actually seen much of those or talked about much of those but uh, there are certain mods that work in sets
0: um, okay
1: this is something that it was actually introduced in the plains of edelon and i was i thought it was a fantastic little system and they just keep adding more and more of these little sets essentially these mods are pretty solid on their own usually they have their merits they're usually typically versions of existing mods that when paired up with the mods that they basically do the same thing as, can provide some really really nice you know bonuses. Like for example, um, Gladiator Resolve is one of those. the The Gladiator set of mods has some really really nice uh, ones in it, and it's got Warframe mods, melee mods, everything like that. Nice. Gladiator Resolve specifically is one that at max rank it, it goes up to five ranks, and it's an uncommon mod, and it gives you one hundred and eighty percent extra health. Wow. You can use that with physique or with a. Uh, With your health mod, your standard, uh, vitality. So you can stack that on top of that to get more health. But these set mods, when you have them together in the whole set, or even if you just have parts of the set, they have a secondary effect on them that gets stronger. The more mods in the set that you have equipped on your loadout.
0: That's cool. (laughs) The gladiator
1: set specifically is, so you have gladiator egus, which is an armor mod for warframes. Okay. Gladiator finesse which is one that makes it so that when you would normally die uh and you have energy, it will drain 60% of your energy if I'm remembering correctly to essentially just stop you from dying. Nice. Uh Gladiator might increases your crit damage by 60%, Gladiator resolve increases your health by 180%, Gladiator rush which is one of those ones that increases your combo duration by 6 seconds, which is really helpful for when you're interlacing between combos. Yeah. And Gladiator Vice, which increases your attack speed by 30% with your melee weapon. When you have these mods together, they increase your crit chance with your combo multiplier, just like Blood Rush does. <laughs> and they can bring it up to, you know, they, they can't quite get it up as high as Blood Rush can, where Blood Rush maxes out at 165% crit chance on its standard combo multiplier. Yeah, um, The Gladiator set gets you up to 90%, which is still really wow. good.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: you can use that effect with blood rush if you really want and you really just want to skyrocket through the roof with your uh with your crits but you know the, all of these mods are pretty standard things if you're running a crit weapon and you're going to be running with a especially a high health melee warframe that you're really just going to be running around with a sorta having this entire set is really really helpful because not only does it provide the, your standard things like your health your crit damage the ability to survive lethal hits increasing your armor and increasing your combo duration. But it's also going to give you that better crit chance. So, you know, these mods tend to have something going with them where they kind of think along the lines of, you're going to need these mods, and they're going to be very helpful for you, so you may as Mm. well just equip these versions of it and get that additional bonus to it.
0: Sure, definitely. and That's really cool.
1: Yeah, and of course, there's other other mods that work in sets. There's the Augur set, which... Uh that entire set has the ability where uh for or I think at the maximum it's 240% of the energy you spend on abilities is converted into shields. Wow. So you use an ability that's draining your shield like it's draining your energy like crazy like say for example you're using Ember's World on Fire. Mm. Um if if you're using mods that bring over excessive amounts of uh you know excessive amounts of energy, you're going to be regaining shields.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice.
1: Yeah, and there's a handful of these different set mods, and you can you can definitely see all those on the wiki. There's one particular mod set in that set, which I'm gonna go ahead and say probably nothing about, mainly because it has story <laughs> purposes. Okay. Um, there's a there is two technical sets of mods that will show up later on. Um I don't know if you've looked too much into the uh the night wave, but essentially Uh, In the night wave, towards the end of it, there is an item that you can get, which is called an Umbral Forma, and that is because there is a polarity slot that, until you've gotten up to a certain point in the story, you won't see. When you get to a certain part of the story, namely when you finish the Sacrifice, you will see this polarity start showing up, and it right now, only by default, shows up on one weapon, and one Warframe. Wow. And... (laughs) These umbral mods are absolutely insane and have so much significance in the story that I'm not going to talk about them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Long story short, the set mods are fantastic and they're really, really fun to play around with, especially when you start getting into the really, really intensive stuff where you're really just stacking on, you know, set after set. If you've got three sets of mods on, you've got all these extra effects going on. You can have a really, really fun build. It might not be the most efficient one, but it's definitely going to be a fun one.
0: That's wow. cool. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I that. would say then as, as a, uh, obviously a newer, less experienced player, my little recommendation for the mods you need to have, uh, make sure you have all of the elements, in your collection Mm -hmm. um and especially that's something for me as an earlier player i didn't really care about all that much uh because early on uh i didn't really see a huge difference between heat or electric uh to me i thought that it's just kind of you know this is just something that you do because you think one is neater than the other (laughs) but so even if you're not really to the point where you're tweaking your builds based on what's going to be most effective against certain enemy types or whatever now that uh especially now that night wave is part of the game uh we're starting to to see things where it challenges you to kill enemies with a specific damage type so yes. now more than ever it's really good to make sure that you have the ability to piece together all of the damage types so just be aware uh, without digging too much into all of this uh, as you know Aaronis uh, and, and maybe some of our listeners know um, there are certain elemental types that you have to combine two mods uh, yes. there's some that you just get straight up like you know you can get heat just straight up with one mod uh, but make sure that you've got each of the basic elemental mods so that way you have have access to all the elemental types and you'll have an easier time once you really need to start specializing uh your elemental damage um it's just good to have that in, in your pocket
1: <laughs> yeah and i mean it's it's also definitely worth it for you to um to get your i cannot stress this part enough get codex scans on enemies when you can mm, yeah because you look in the codex and it tells you what elements they're weak against yep you can work <laughs> into that if you've got those element mods and you start finding out some stuff like is, is blast damage really that good to use against the infested? The answer is generally yes, but um, yes. <laughs> you know, certain, certain mods are going to do a lot more damage against certain enemy types. For example, you really, 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 really do not want to try and use uh, puncture damage against the corpus in a lot of situations because the corpus are usually pretty resistant to it because they have a significant amount of shields. Impact yep. damage is going to do a lot more to them. Electricity damage is going to do a lot more to them. Magnetic is going to eliminate those shields. Yeah, it's definitely being able to adapt to the situation. You know, if you know that you're going to be going out on an expedition in Fortuna, bring weapons with radiation and magnetic damage because the corpus hate it. If you're going (laughs) on an infested mission, bring blast to knock over crowds and bring fire to mow down the crowds as they're coming at you. You know, sure. It's being able to learn those strengths and weaknesses and being able to take them on the right missions. And that's where a lot of the modding comes in. And that's why you should definitely, definitely, definitely try and come up with just a general rule when you're building your weapons. You got those little things up on the top of your screen. They say uh, uh, loadout A, loadout B, loadout C. Just as a general rule, if you really want to make it easy on yourself, build one for Grenier, build one for Corpus, build one for Invested. As a general rule, I would say probably bring your Grenier fighting build with you to the Void if you're having difficulties with the Void just because they have a decent amount of shields in a lot of situations, but they're also heavily armored targets and puncture damage is really going to hurt them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good to have those loadouts ready to go. And that way, you know, if you play with friends or something like that, you don't have to hold up and be like, wait, 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 hold on. I gotta go build up this certain weapon for this certain build (laughs) so I can go take it with us on this mission without, you know, sucking. So it's useful to have those builds set up ahead of time and be able to just switch between them really quickly is nice.
0: So one last thing then that I wanted to hit on on that topic of mods uh, Mm -hmm. is how to get the mods that you want. So obviously, um, you know, you have the option of being able to go and buy mods from people, do some trading. But if you want to farm stuff out, which is really where I find the most satisfaction in Warframe, Mm -hmm. uh, we all know you can get on Google, you can get on Warframe.fandom and you can look up the mods. But here's what uh, blew my mind after i had that conversation with uh c13 about my serration mod Mm -hmm. i looked it up on the fandom page and i found serration drop location list chart um and i saw two things that made no sense at all to me and probably won't make sense to a lot of our newer players uh i saw on this list uh it gave a couple different mission types that i recognized it says uh, that you can get serration on defense missions excavation interception, spy. um but then there's another uh another, what do you call it? another column in the table? So that it says category and it says tier one, tier two and tier three. And oh, I had goodness. no idea what that meant. <laughs> then there's another column that says rotation. And this is like ABC. And I had no clue what that meant either. So could you, I know what these things mean now, but I have a feeling you will be able to explain it far more eloquently than I can. <laughs> can okay. we talk for a second about yeah. what tiers and rotations are?
1: Definitely. Definitely. So um, tiers. This is actually still something that's a little testy for me, too, because it used to mean something different. I'm so used to how the old definition was that I don't really remember anymore too much. Um, Because back in the day, it used to be this whole situation where instead of the void just being a place on the map, you had to do missions and get keys to go to the void. Sure. And then the void had tier one exterminates, tier two exterminates, tier three exterminates, and you got specific prime rewards and stuff out of those. Now the tier missions are essentially, how do we put this? Lith on Earth and Larrys on Mercury are both Tier One defense missions. Um, the okay. tiers are separated between different difficulties, more or less, um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a weird level cutoff. That's I don't think it's super specific, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> tiers are separated based on level. I'm reading this right off the fandom page, the exact cutoff can vary depending on the mission type. So Draco and Casta on Ceres both have an enemy level of twelve to seventeen but Draco is a tier two survival and cast as a tier one defense. And honestly, the weird thing about this is that they're not, they don't show it on the star map for some reason. And they really should. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever have questions on if it's a tier one or a tier two defense or something like that, refer to the wiki. The wiki tells you right on the, if you just look up the name of the node, you'll see which ones are, you know, tier ones and tier twos. And it's, it's something that i really think that warframe could benefit from just you just got to <laughs> add the the little t1 or the little t2 to the name of the mission or something just to yes. kind of give people that better idea of what they're looking for i i don't know it's it's a weird system that honestly is a little bit outdated i think these days and i think they probably could update it somehow but at the very least i think they should at least label them
0: yeah um, well and it's, and it's pretty like confusing to...
1: system but i mean yeah
0: it is and it's pretty easy to do that in reverse as well. So when I looked up uh, uh, Serration, for example, uh, it says it can be found survival tier three. Mm-hmm. And all I had to do, you can pull up again on the wiki, search survival, and it will show you survival missions, and it'll list all the missions in the game. And then there's a column there that says tier. Uh, so if yep. Serration drops in a tier three survival, then I can go, okay, tier three survival, there's one on Sedna, there's one on Aris. Uh, and so that's that gives you a pretty easy way to find uh which missions are which tier but again you have to leave game so i'm with you on that i really wish that this was easier to do in game but you know whatever so what about rotation then rotation is one that took me a little bit of time to wrap my brain around
1: okay so this one i can i can discuss a little bit easier so rotations are an interesting little situation where these only really apply to endless missions much like the tiered missions like that Mm. um there are six type of endless missions. We know about them. There is defection, defense, excavation, infested salvage, interception, survival, and then there's sanctuary onslaught. Yes. Um. So essentially, the way that the uh, the reward system works with rotations is it's based on certain specific wave numbers, essentially, or minutes mm-hmm. or anything like that. In a defense mission, the A rotation comes around at five, ten. 25, 30, et cetera, et cetera. It's a weird amount. Um, so essentially, to, to line it up in the way where it goes through how it is typically with a defense and with a survival mission. This is going to get really confusing. I'm going to try to make it as, as least <laughs> confusing as I can. <laughs> wave 5 and Wave 10 are A. Wave okay. 15 is B. Wave 20 is C. Okay. Wave 25 is A, wave 30 is A, wave 35 is B, wave 40 is C. So you go through two (laughs) A's, a B, a C, and then you go through two A's, a B, and a C.
0: Okay, it's so the same way basically with when it gives survival. you the option to to extract, you need mm-hmm. to see what wave you're on, and that will tell you what rotation you're finishing on, correct?
1: Yes. So when you're going through, say, for example, a survival mission and you're getting those little caches as time goes up and everything like that. Um, as you're kind of progressing through it, it's not actually going to tell you what rotation you're on. Again, digital extremes could really use that in the system because it's going to make it a lot yes. easier for the new players to <laughs> understand it. But um just as a rule of thumb, when you're doing either a defense or survival mission, you're going to go through two A's, a B, and a C. And then, so, your first and second rotations are going to be A rewards, your, se- your third one is going to be a B, and then your fourth one is going to be a C. Um, okay. Keep this in mind as you're grinding out for your items and everything like that, because certain mods are only going to drop from certain tiers, just like, you know, we were saying with Serration. Um and it, it it's kind of helpful to know like that you're going to be pulling from a particular pool for certain like certain marks in your survival mission as you're progressing further and further sure uh, excavation missions interception missions and infested salvages it is uh for artifacts recovered messages decoded or manifest decoded it goes first one and second one are a third one is b fourth one is C and so on and so forth. The same kind of way it's your first two are going to be an a, you're going to get a B a C and then you're going to get two more A's.
0: Okay. Um, Awesome.
1: And then defection sanctuary onslaught is squad saved or zones cleared for those ones. Um, It's going to be your, again, the same system, but with different numbers this time, Uh, two and four squad saved or zones cleared is your a six is going to be your B 8 is going to be C, and then it goes 10-12. So that one is going by 2s. Um, just kind of keep these in mind as you're kind of grinding out for the items. And again, if you ever need that reference for you, you, just go right on to the Warframe fandom wiki and just look up rotations, and it will take you straight to the page for it to make it as easy as possible, and it will show you this chart. For um, sure. It's going to come in handy when you're really starting to get deep into them and you know, you're know you thinking, all right, how long am I going to have to sit in this survival mission until I can get this stupid serration mod? (laughs)
0: So the one other type of uh, rotation that comes to mind for me, that's actually, I think the easiest one to understand is spy rotation. Uh, Spy Mm. rotation, if I understand correctly, uh, A, B, and C just means the number of successful hacks you've accomplished. So if something drops in rotation C, that means that you've done all three hacks successfully. And when you complete the mission, having done all three hacks, you're going to get that rotation C drop, or at least a chance at that rotation C drop. If you uh, only successfully hack two of the three consoles then you're going to get a rotation b drop yes uh is that correct
1: yes it completely is correct and this is actually something that's really nice to hear especially with the um with the spy missions because honestly getting good at spy missions is going to be really beneficial for you because they do drop a lot of really nice rewards Oh yeah. Um, namely, a couple of the mods actually that I can think of right off the bat that I'm actually looking at the drop list and kind of remembering these exist, um, they are <laughs> dual status chance and elemental type mods. So you've nice. got namely here looking just for example at a tier one spy mission. They're always in the third vault. They're always going to be that C rotation, just like how Serration is on these missions. Yep. These mods in particular that drop on these tier 1s are Vicious Frost and Volcanic Edge. These are both melee mods. They take up at max rank 7 uh, of your well-earned energy on your weapon. Um, and they provide 60% uh, cold and fire damage, respectively, between Vicious Frost and Volcanic Edge. But then they also add 60% status chance as well. For weapons nice. that are built for status, and for if you're really trying to get those procs going, you know, say for example, you want to make your sword explode and you want to make people fall over when you're swinging it into a crowd, you know, putting both of these mods on there is going to give you that grand total of a collective of 120% blast damage, and it's also going to send your status chance skyrocketing. For, for certain sure. weapons, <laughs> these mods are super useful, especially for when you start getting later on. Like one of my recent favorites that I've been using has been the Redeemer Prime. Um, mm, yeah This weapon was practically made for status chances and status chances alone. One single charge shot from this thing, I have a status chance of just short of hundred percent,
0: and that's <laughs> per pellet
1: of the shot of the Redeemer because the Redeemer is a gunblade. Yeah. So each little shot that comes out of the shotgun on the front of it is a chance to get that hundred percent proc. If I've got that thing for blast, I'm going to fire it into a crowd and everyone's going to flop over. Yep. You know, it's, it's really helpful <laughs> to be able to get these status chance mods going because if you are necessarily not saying I want to go just for pure damage and I really want to get these procs off these mods are phenomenal for that that's awesome um, and also um, you know, on, the, on the topic of rotations on spy missions um, getting that third one is also the only way that you're going to be able to get Ivara without buying her for platinum um, her parts drop from these spy missions and they're always going to be in that third vault so you want to make sure you're getting all three of them
0: Okay. Awesome. So if I were to distill down the entire process of grinding out a mod, uh, as quickly as possible, we'll use serration again as an example. If you were to look up serration, you're going to see your, your, uh, drop location list, your chart on, uh, the, the Warframe fandom site, uh, in this chart, the best way that you can do this, look at your, your chance percentile, uh, column this shows you uh basically which of these missions are going to give you the best odds so again forceration as an example i see that the lowest chance is a 1.38 percent chance by doing dark sector defense rotation b obviously that's extremely inefficient 1.38 is terrible Mm -hmm. but the highest percent chance uh is 9.09 and one of the best ways that one of the ways that you can do that is by doing a tier one uh spy mission and making it to rotation C. So basically one out of every 10 times you make it to rotation C, roughly, uh, you're going to get this mod. So, um, that's the easiest way. And again, if you're ever confused about what is a tier one spy mission, just, just search spy and, and check the chart. Uh, it's really, it's a little confusing and I would definitely echo your sentiment. I wish that this was Easier to look up and understand in the game, uh, mm-hmm. but really it doesn't take that much extra time and energy just to pull it up on this wiki. And and um, don't be it, it, this personal opinion; you may disagree with this, aronis but I would say don't be too quick to spend your platinum. Check out these charts, see if it's something you can grind for, and if it is, that might even be a good opportunity for you to earn some platinum. Uh, so check the chart, grind out some mods.
1: Yeah, I, I I actually completely you know am with you on that one. Uh, don't don't be so hasty to spend your plaid on a mod necessarily i understand if it's a situation like how i was talking about body count earlier how it well, draws sure, only sure. from the, only from the acolytes <laughs> maybe look into what the price on that one's going to be on the market and anytime you have questions yeah. about that don't listen to the people in trade chat i'm telling you do not listen to them because they're going <laughs> to go to warframe.market it's a fantastic website it's the best website for you to look for your the items that you want to buy on whatever console platform you're playing on and it's going to give you a good idea of what the mod is worth. Um, for sure. And, you know, do that for your prime parts and stuff too. It's it's just honestly been one of my favorite websites for getting stuff together. And I actually have gotten quite a bit of use out of it recently. Whereas I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to min max. I'm like thinking, well, I need this mod. I need this mod. It's really nice to be able to just have that resource available to you. But yeah, absolutely. Look into what it's going to take for you to grind out a certain mod. Because if you really want it. And you really don't want to spend the plat because it's going to be, you know, that's going to be 20 plat too much that you don't want to spend. That's your hard-earned money going towards a single serration mod that you're probably going to eventually want to have several different levels of. Maybe look into what it's going to cost you to grind them out. (laughs) Because you might be able to get some fun stuff out of those too. You know, it's it's not necessarily, you know... While trying to grind out uh, serration, you're probably going to get a Divara systems, and you're going to go, "Oh, geez, sure. this is an entirely new warframe for me to build." You know, it, it's grinding. You can get some stuff that you didn't really expect that you were going to get before, and it's you know also really good ways of just pumping out missions, getting relics, getting cr- like credits, you know it's 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 helpful to just try and grind it out if you can there's certain circumstances where i've been extremely frustrated with it and i've been sitting there running uh, a mission like 20 times and i haven't gotten what i've been looking
0: for
1: (laughs) yeah um, i I'm, I'm i'm not even kidding you ben i think i killed i think i killed the exploiter like 30 times trying to get oh, her oh my gosh i had i the first two kills i had on her i got the systems and i got the neuropics i then proceeded to kill that stupid boss about 28 more times till i got the systems
0: <laughs> that's so bad <sighs> yeah
1: rng's oh. a cruel mistress but yeah isn't it <laughs> um, it's the first time I've had to grind out that bad for a Warframe in a very long time. And it, in one hand, it was kind of refreshing, but it, the exploiter fight takes a hot minute. So.
0: Nice. <laughs> wow. But yeah, um, well, the grind them out man, I have gotten so wrapped up in our conversation, I haven't even been paying attention to time. <laughs> We're running right. a little bit long in this episode. So let's go on ahead and talk for a real quick second about uh, Barrow. You mentioned that, and then we'll jump yes. into our uh, our gear of the week. But let's take it off with what you want to chat about with Barrow.
1: Yes, so, Barrow Katir, our good friend from the Void. So, you'll see him show up, I believe it's every two weeks. Um, He was here this past week, um, and I was actually taking a look at some of his stock that he had. Got the Reddit post up here from it. our good boy here brings in a handful of fun little items where you exchange two things to get them. You exchange credits, and you exchange ducats.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ducats are an entirely new currency that's pretty much exclusively used for Barrow Couture and one weapon. Um, and you'll find out about that weapon later on when you progress in your story. Because, well, let's just say, if you've got lots of prime parts that you want to trade in for ducats, which you can do at the little terminals that are to the right and left of where Barrow hangs out... You'll see a lot of players hanging around him, and they tell you how much time uh, you have until he either leaves or he's coming. Um, yeah. You can trade in parts of prime weapons that you get from cracking open relics to get ducats. Um, naturally, depending on the rarity of the item, you're going to get more ducats out of it. Um, sure. And Barrow's inventory, you need credits and ducats to buy anything from him. Um, this is a really, really nice way of both simultaneously getting some really helpful mods, getting some really nice equipment, and also getting some really nice cosmetics. Um, namely his stock this past time around, he came around with a skin for your, uh, ship. He came around with the Pyra Sugatra, the little, uh, the little fire keychain for the end of your melee weapon. Um, he has an exclusive Sandana that he had, the Domus Sandana, uh, the Ketiris Siax Sandana, Uh, he had some glyphs, he had some sentinel accessories, you know, he, he keeps a bunch of this nice little cosmetic stuff. He even had a color palette last week, actually. Sweet. Um, and also, this is how you get the Sands of Inaros blueprint, which is worth mentioning. Uh, if you want to build Inaros, um, yes. you've got to get the blueprint from him. Uh, but in addition to having those little cosmetics, he also brings around time-exclusive weapons and such. So, whether it be weapons from prior events, like the Quanta Vandal, which he had last week. Um, it's a little laser rifle done, made by the Corpus. Um It's customized out with a metallic finish that's like this beautiful greenish uh, blue, and it's got a Lotus decal on it. It has different stats than the regular Quanta, and it's, uh, I believe, in pretty much just about every circumstance, these Vandals or Prisma weapons are usually a lot better. Um, But the Prisma weapons are exclusive to Barrow. These ones are ones that you did not get through an event, and you just have to get from him with ducats and credits. Um, Namely, this past week, he had Prisma Shade, which is just a very very nice looking little sentinel, which is a uh, shade, but I believe his difference is that he's got more armor and more health. So he's a little bit beefier and it's kind of nice to have that with your sentinel Sweet. considering how easily the sentinels could die sometimes. Yes. <laughs> um, he also brought around the Prisma Twin Gremlins, which quite frankly, I don't know if you built the Twin Gremlins or not, but I still I think not. they're probably my favorite secondary to use and not necessarily <laughs> the strongest, but they are one of my favorites. And I actually am Hoping that I can get the Prisma Twin Gremlins again here because I'm really, really excited to see how good they are. They've got a crit chance of 23%, and I'm really into that. So the <laughs> Twin Gremlins are just, um, I think they still drop from the fight with um, that fight that's on, I think it's either Mars or Series where yes. you are yeah, yeah. fighting both uh, Let Krill and you're fighting Vora in the same fight. Yep.
0: The Gremlins and actually. I just lied. Uh, I do have Gremlins. In fact, that's what I'm using right now. I was thinking you said ah. Uh oh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have uh, right now I'm working on Bratton Prime and uh, Twin Gremlins.
1: Oh, yeah. No, the Twin Gremlins are really, really fun. They're just little nail guns. And these Prisma variants are, you know, nine times out of ten. I don't think I've actually ever seen a version that's not. But if anyone's listening, please correct me if I'm wrong on this. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're always better. Uh, nice. but it's nice to be able to pick those up when he's here and you know whereas they're not just reskins or anything like that they're completely separate weapons from the original ones which means you get mastery rank for leveling them up and using yes. them. yes and you know it's just generally nice to have them especially if there's a weapon that you particularly say you really like the design of but there's not any real good way without a riven mod to build it to be good Stuff like these Prisma weapons are fantastic. I got the Prisma dual cleavers a while back. The dual cleavers are still one of my aesthetically favorite looking weapons in Warframe because they're just big hack and grenier meat cleavers. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they have a version of it that actually does pretty significant damage and has like a high status and crit chance is really, really nice to just be able to use that weapon again. For sure. Uh, but yeah, and uh, Barrow also brings along, you know, some nice things, namely from what his stuff he had last week and. I can't stress this enough to anybody. Um, if you ever see Barricadeer has the mod Tempo Royale, and you like the heavy blade weapons, please get Tempo Royale.
0: It's what like is the that best one?
1: stance in the game. It's, it's for heavy blades, it's for great swords, it's for like the Skindo and everything like that. Tempo okay. Royale has some of like the highest damage multipliers out of any combo, and one of the combos that you do in it is just one where you essentially slam your sword down into the ground and then you flip and do a cartwheel over the sword and then follow through (laughs) with the swing
0: yes
1: and it does colossal amounts of damage a lot of the attacks in the combo do slam attacks so they send enemies flying when you hit them with it temporary is the best it's fantastic
0: that's epic (laughs) Um, and then
1: the other thing that barrow brings in that's really really nice is primed mods Oh, yeah. Not to be confused with Prime Warframes, Prime Weapons, Primed Mods. Instead of having the same silver sheen or gold sheen that a rare mod would have, these have like a platinum sheen to them. They're very bright. Um, And essentially what these are are just versions of existing mods that you know and love that go beyond the limits of these regular mods. Um, Namely, specifically, the one that he had last week, if I can compare it to its other variant here. um, He had Prime Quickdraw. The regular Quick Draw mod takes up a maximum of 7 capacity on your on your secondary weapon, and okay. increases your reload speed by 48%. Mm. Primed Quick Draw, if you can match the player to do it and fit it in your build because it takes up so much, has a total mod use of 12 of your capacity, mm. but it gives you 88% reload speed. Jeez. There are primed mods for quite a few mods in the game now, and you'll notice that some of these are worth a little bit more than others because of what they are, whether it be uh, certain damaging mods or stuff like my personal favorite one that I have, Primed Flow, which I believe a default flow mod gives you a grand total of, like, what, double the energy or something like that? Yeah. uh, 150% power max. Primed Flow gets you up to 275% power max. Oh, jeez. And for (laughs) for some of the Warframes that have, you know, around like a 600 energy pool... That gets pretty significant. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, look into the ideas of these Prime mods. Not all of them are always the best, but some of them are really, really helpful to have, especially if you find yourself using one a lot and you're thinking, I could use more of whatever this is on this weapon. For sure. Keep your eyes on them. And, uh, you know, keep your mind set on, you know, what's going on with Barrow investing in the stuff that he sells can be kind of expensive. Luckily, the Sands of Inaros blueprint is like the cheapest thing that he offers. It's a hundred ducats and 25,000 credits. Um, On average, if you're going to be buying a weapon, expect to spend about 500 of your ducats and anywhere between 200 to 300 to maybe even 400,000 of your credits. Okay. Um, These mods and these weapons can get a little bit pricey from Barrow, but um, one of the biggest problems that everyone seems to have with Barrow is, well, gosh, he had this really, really nice weapon and this really nice mod that I wanted to get. And I've got the ducats for it now, but he hasn't brought this weapon or this mod for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> right. And I'm sick and tired of waiting for it. Well, this leads into what I was talking about earlier with the TennoCon pack. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the digital pack, which you can buy for $24.99 US dollars, right. um, gets you 475 platinum total, gets you the TennoCon armor set, which looks slick. Oh, yeah. Um... The TennoCon glyph, which is just nice to have. The TennoCon sigil, which, again, is just nice to have. Um, the digital art piece, which I think is just something that you could post up on your wall in your orbiter. Okay. Um, the TennoCon emote, which displays the TennoCon emblem as, like, a floating glyph in the air in front of you. And then you get something, which is one, one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people seem to buy this pack, is the TennoCon relay key. So okay. during the weekend of Tenocon, this key will unlock a special TennoCon relay, which is like a big party for for the weekend. It's a special relay that you have to have this key to get into. Okay. And Barokatir is there for the whole weekend. Barokatir in the Tenocon relay has every single item he has ever sold. For oh sale.
0: my gosh! So <laughs> if you ever missed out on something.
1: TennoCon weekend, you are available to just buy anything. Oh so my gosh,
0: that's incredible.
1: If you don't necessarily see anything that you want, say for example that you have built all the a lot of the primes that you wanted to get and you got a lot of this prime junk kicking around. Yeah, sure. you're grinded up into ducats and you've got like 3,000 ducats kicking around in your inventory. If you feel like you don't want to spend them on anything that Barrow has right now, don't feel bad about saving them. Wait for yeah. TennoCon if you're going to get this digital pack, which I can recommend to anyone because the digital pack, not only giving you an armor set and all this extra stuff, also just gives you more platinum than it's worth, which is really sure. nice. Um, I think the usual standard rate is like, what, 310 platinum for 20 bucks, and for 25, you're getting 475. It's it's significant. Wow. Yeah, that's um, great. But just saving up those ducats, save up your credits, and then go visit Barrow on TennoCon weekend and just buy anything that you were thinking that you wanted from him, because <laughs> it's all going to be there. Um And that's one of the biggest reasons why I buy the digital pack every year, because I love being able to go see Barrow during TennoCon and just being able to browse through his entire selection of everything. He's got Prisma weapons. He has mods. You know, every single one of the primed mods that's been made, he'll have it there.
0: And it's man, that's cool.
1: It's really nice to be able to just go, oh, I've been waiting to get this particular mod, but it costs so much platinum and he brings it like once every year. (laughs) So being able to go to the TennoCon relay during that time and just being able to buy it with your startup stuff is really, really helpful. (laughs)
0: that's awesome (laughs) well to wrap up today's episode then uh, let's talk about your chosen gear of the week so we have done up to this point we have done if I remember correctly primary secondary melee I even threw just a random item I threw in a a blueprint uh what do you have for us today i understand you got something different than what we've done so far
1: yeah so we haven't talked about sentinels yet um and i'm gonna talk about my favorite sentinel that i have and that i've been using more than anything um aside from when i go out on fortuna i bring my good buddy helios so helios is a fun little corpus based sentinel um He's like this little weird looking kind of like a disc thing that looks like he's barely being held together by duct tape and happy thoughts, but he's floating around there (laughs) with all his little body parts. He's got this little eye that's always looking around at everything. And that eye is actually a camera. Um, So Helios in his existence is, in addition to just being a really cool looking sentinel, who has a really cool weapon, which his weapon is actually the Deconstructor, which can only be used by Helios, and it is the only sentinel melee mod. Helios detaches its limbs and chucks them at enemies to do damage. That's <laughs> melee crap. damage. So you can <laughs> mod him up with your melee mods, and you build them for melee.
0: <laughs> That's um, amazing.
1: And he does pretty significant damage when you mod him up right, too. So it's, it's kind of nice to have that there. But his... Primary precept and his big ability that he uses as a Sentinel is Investigator. Okay. Investigator makes it so that instead of having to stop and scan things to get your Codex scans, Helios scans stuff that you get dear. He just uh, takes Codex scans of everything. That is it beautiful. uses your scanner <laughs> charges. It does yeah, use yeah. your charges still, but. Instead of having to, you know, stop every time you want to take a picture of something, Helios will just take pictures of stuff while you're doing the mission. That's amazing. And it's so helpful because that's another one of those ways where you can kind of get the information of where you need to go to get a certain mod or learn the weaknesses of an enemy type without having to go to the wiki. You know, bring Helios with you. Bring him with you on a few missions, I guarantee you. You come across certain enemies enough times, he's going to scan them enough for you to get the whole codex entry on him. And he doesn't just scan enemies. He scans stuff in the environment, too. You can get codex scans on stuff like crates and resource things. And I don't actually know what it gives you, aside from, I think, a little bit of of, uh, standing. But um, there's certain stuff that he can get. Um, There's a particular mod, if you've been doing your Cephalon Cimerus dailies, which our good buddy Cephalon Cimerus hangs out in the relays, and his whole thing is collecting data. Um, There's actually a mod that you can get for him and a skin that you can get for him from uh, Symaris. And the mod that you get from him is Detect Vulnerability, which makes it so that when you finish your research on an enemy and you have all the codex scans that you can on that enemy, you can't scan it anymore, it's maxed out. Now, instead of codex scanning the enemy, now he will scan the enemy and it will reveal their weak points to you. Oh, epic. And we'll make it so that you can fight them a little bit easier because it makes their weak points glow very brightly. Um, which is incredibly helpful. You know, it's, it's not yeah. always the heads or anything like that. It's not always that, um, you, it doesn't use codex scanner charges when you have that mod on. It's not necessary for you to have investigator on. He'll just use it. Um, that's cool, and it's not necessarily like their head or anything that either. It does what Banshee's uh, mods that detect vulnerabilities on enemies are, where it basically just chooses a limb of the enemy and says that limb will now take more damage than anything on its body, and you just go after it. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but Helios is really nice to have um as far as I am aware, I think you can just buy his blueprint in no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You have to research him. Um you research him in the energy lab, the uh, the corpus okay. lab. Sweet. Um, his research takes a little bit, and you have to have the Lanka done before it as the prerequisite. But once you get okay. him 15,000 credits to buy the blueprint, you need 5,000 credits, uh, 10 field drones, 300 oxium, 5,000 ferre, and a forma. Um, nice. You build this little guy. He's going to stick with you. He's pretty tough. He's got you know 200 health, 100 shields, and 50 armor. He comes with some good polarities. The deconstructor is really fun to work with. And just the ability to get those codex scans is so crucial when you're trying to fill out that codex without sure. even having to stop <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> Definitely. But just like
1: uh, you know just like the other sentinels he, he can take other sentinel weapons as well um he, it's just that the deconstructor is his exclusive one and no other weapon or no other uh, sentinel aside from helios prime can use it
0: that's cool <laughs> that's super cool uh sweet man well this has been an awesome episode i know that it was uh it was helpful to me uh gave me some stuff to think about with mods and hopefully it's helpful helpful to some of our players who maybe are kind of stuck in a rut and feeling like they're struggling to uh to round out that power curve so thanks for joining us man and thanks for giving us all this uh fantastic information
1: Yeah, of course. And sorry if I rambled a little bit. I feel like I went off on a bit of a tangent for a little while there, like every five (laughs) minutes on one mod or another. And I feel like I talk a little bit too much sometimes about these more advanced (laughs) mods when, you know, we're supposed to be kind of helping out the people who are kinda getting stuck and stuff like that. But hopefully the information that I provided is gonna be helpful to some people and I'm gonna continue to try and get better and better (laughs) at (laughs) explaining some of the uh the lower end stuff.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think it was it was certainly helpful. Uh, well remember guys you can uh, follow us on YouTube I haven't been making YouTube videos quite as often lately just because of the insanity I actually just uh, bought a new house so basically all my time has been spent painting and uh, I love most parts of my life but not so much the part that uh, does painting but anyway that does exist if you want to watch YouTube videos uh, of Warframe and and check out some stuff to go along with the episodes you can check us out uh, with the link in the description for this episode Uh, also if you'd like to support the podcast buy me a cup of you can feel free to do that by following the link in the description and of course make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite platforms because we upload new episodes every single week so i have been evan ironis thank you again for joining us and until next week keep on farming those frames bye <laughs>